along with us on Sunday mornings, you know that we have uh, um, been covering a, a multitude of uh, passages in the New Testament, all stemming from what Jesus told us in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. In the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, for those of you who are new to this uh, current study, Jesus answered a simple question. They asked him, when will the end come? When will the end be? Um, and Jesus gave uh, what, what we often refer to as signs of the times. And he said that you would see these things unfolding in the world all around you. And there are things, obviously, that we are seeing right now unfolding in the world all around us. But you say, Pastor Mark, you know, we, we've been seeing wars and pandemics and, and, and uh, natural disasters. We, we've been seeing those things all throughout history. But the key thing to understand is that Jesus said, it's not just that we would see those things. He said when we began to see them, it would be the beginning of labor, birth pangs. And that as time unfolded, all of those different things Jesus spelled out for us would happen with greater frequency and greater intensity, just like a woman in labor. So we are, in our current um, day in which we live, we're seeing all of these things that Jesus talked about, not just the, the COVID pandemic. We looked, when we were on that part of that study, there's all kinds of pandemics that are taking place in the world today that are taking far, far more lives uh, even than, uh, than COVID. Now, that's not me telling you to, to treat COVID like it doesn't exist. I'm not telling you to be afraid of COVID, but we've got to be in faith about everything, including COVID. That was weak. I'm going to say that again. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Amen? Faith doesn't ignore a problem. Faith doesn't say there's no such thing as COVID. Faith doesn't say there's no, 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 there, there is a such thing as COVID, okay? Um, so faith doesn't deny a problem. Faith stands in the face of it and, and resists it and fights against it and overcomes it, okay? So the same is true then with all of these things. So when I tell you there's all kinds of pandemics in the world today, that's not to somehow just set aside COVID, um, but to emphasize that what we're seeing lines directly up with what Jesus said would happen with greater frequency and greater intensity. So when he said earthquakes, for example, that word earthquakes doesn't just mean the earth cracking open. It literally means all kinds of natural disasters, hurricanes, wildfires, tornadoes, um, certainly earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, seismic activity. All of these things are included. And again, we're seeing them with greater frequency and greater intensity than we ever had than we ever have so this is how amen we are to understand these things but remember jesus told us not to scare us he told us so we would know what to expect so we could be prepared so we would know what to expect so we could be prepared and he told us in in that whole explanation he gave us two very specific instructions he said that we should not be troubled and that we should not allow ourselves to be deceived. We should not allow ourselves to be troubled. See that you're not troubled. And he said, take heed that you are not deceived. So what we then have broken down from that 
is the enemy is the one behind the the troubling and the deceiving. Or as we've simplified it, not to try to water it down, but to make it more relatable to you. And and so the heart being troubled equals fear inside, fear in the heart. And being deceived equals confusion in the heart. So when he's telling us to not be troubled, not allow ourselves to be troubled, to not uh, uh, be deceived, uh, not allow ourselves to be fooled, he's saying, look, don't be afraid and don't be confused. Don't be afraid and don't be confused. Now, the, the verses I'm about to read to you, I'm going to read uh, 12 verses to you, okay? We're not going to have time to, to really dig into all of them. I've read the first two to you for the last two Sundays. But this passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is just another one of these passages that we find in the Scriptures that are explaining to you and me um, what's going on in the world around us, our role in it, and what we need to understand and do about it, okay? So I'm going to read a bunch of verses. I, I may comment on a couple as we go through, but there's at least one or two that I want us to really emphasize uh, this morning. So I don't think I said this a moment ago. I know I didn't say this a moment ago, um, but we will be partaking of communion this morning together, so that's always a wonderful thing that we do on the first Sunday here. Um, and uh, also, we will begin in-person services on Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday. So we'll, we'll be live streaming from the sanctuary, but we'll also be uh, in person on Wednesday. We've really been waiting to get the live streaming from this uh, venue uh, resolved so that we could do both on Wednesday night. And uh, so the class will be at five online, but then if you'd like to come in person on Wednesday, um, we will be in here. I know we've had some folks say, well, I don't know how many folks will, will be here. That's fine. If it's, if it's five or six of us, I mean, that's fine. Amen. But we're going to have a good time. I'm expecting more than five or six, though. Praise God. All right. So let's, um, let's roll up our sleeves and let's uh, begin to work our way through these verses. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. So, just one more time, shaken in mind or troubled, spirit, word, or letter. This, isn't, this is speaking of demonic spirits. Words would be things that you hear, and by letter, we need to understand that in our day and age as the media. As the media, okay? Verse number three, let no one deceive you by any means. Okay, so, does, does anybody... Does anybody see a pattern developing here? And again, the verses that we looked at uh, in First in and Second Timothy, other places that we've looked at in the scriptures, here it is one more time. Don't be troubled, don't be deceived. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, this, of course, the son of, this is talking about the Antichrist, but ultimately we know that this is speaking of Satan himself. And he is the one who opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God. And if you remember when um, he rebelled against Father God 
and was cast out of heaven, it wasn't so much that he was trying to put himself above God, but he was trying to put himself above you and me. He was trying to rule over humankind. Satan caught wind that God was going to create a being in his image and likeness to be one with God. And this was Lucifer's undoing. Amen. There's an exhaustive teaching on all of this. We'll be at it again in not too many weeks in discipleship class. I'm not going to take the time to explain all that this morning. So when Satan was cast out of heaven and landed here upon the earth, he landed here more determined than ever to exalt his throne over you and me. He wants to rule over us. He wants to rule over the earth. If, if you look at all the different uh, people throughout history who tried to conquer the world, Hitler, for example, inspired and full of the devil. And so we see that this is the devil's ultimate goal. He wants to rule the entire earth. He wants to rule over all the people upon the earth and be worshipped as the God of this earth, as the God of this world. Verse number five, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, I want you to stay with me for a moment, okay? This is going to be a little more... Uh, teaching than preaching this morning, at least at this point, and it's it's going to be um, some detailed teaching. So I know it's uh, Sunday morning, so bring your hearts to attention, amen, and there's some things here that, that, that we really need to lay hold of, all right? So in the verses before these, we have Satan's uh, ultimate goal, end game, if you will, um, you know, in mind. He's, he is wanting to rule over this earth and be in control of the men and women of this earth, and to be worshipped as the God of this, of this world, okay? And we see then that um, uh, verse 6, he says, And you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, okay? Now, the verse before verse 6, Paul says, Do you remember what, do you remember do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? So what is that telling us? That's telling us that the Apostle Paul has already spoken about these things to them in the past. And he is referencing those things. So there is, there, there is a lesson, there is teaching on these things that the Thessalonians had already received from Paul that he's referencing here. It's kind of like a moment ago when I referenced uh, Satan and not trying to overthrow God, but but actually overthrow and exalt his throne above you and me. Some of you have heard me teach on that before. Maybe some of you have not. So when I referenced it, you're going, yeah, okay, I remember that. Others are like, I'm not sure exactly what, he's, what he means by all of that, okay? So that's what's happening here. 
he's, he's saying that he's covered this with them personally, individually, more thoroughly than he's taking the time to cover it again right here. That doesn't mean it's not covered in other places in the scripture. Certainly it is, so we're not left hanging. But again, there, there is something being referenced here that they already knew about that's not expounded upon in great detail. And it's this idea of them knowing what is restraining Okay, them knowing what is restraining. Now, this word restrain is a very simple word, but I still want to I'll still want to give you the definition of it. To restrain means to prevent someone or something from doing something, to keep under control or within limits. So we see then that that the devil's end game is to rule this world, but that something is restraining him. In other words, something or someone is, is keeping him from doing that, is limiting his ability to do what it is that he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish uh, here concerning the, the earth. And ultimately, it's not just the, 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 the land or the, or the, 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 uh, the planet itself. It's, it's, it's humankind. It's, it's people created in God's image who dwell upon this earth that he's ultimately wanting control over and, and to rule over. And so he says, you know, I've talked to you about these things before, so you know, you know what is restraining him. You know, the Thessalonians, he says, you know what's holding him back. You know what's preventing him from doing what it is that he wants to do in the earth. Okay, And he says that, that, that what's restraining him is restraining him that he may be revealed in his own time. In other words, there's coming a day when what's restraining him is going to be taken out of the way, and this is when he's going to be revealed. This is when he's going to be so full of himself that he's going to expose himself, and then guess what's going to happen? The Lord's going to destroy him with the breath of his mouth. The Lord's going to destroy him with the breath of his mouth for all to see. Jesus has already destroyed him, okay? And Jesus has already made a a show, a public uh, open show, a show of him openly, public show of him, as the scriptures reveal. But that's what we have known and understood and seen by faith. There's coming a day when all of the people who think he's all that and a bag of chips are going to vis- physically, visually see him absolutely destroyed and brought to nothing. The one they put all of their confidence in, the one that they thought was going to bring this one world government and, and, and finally bring peace to the earth. And it's all, you know, just again, uh, that's, that's the other interesting parallel. I mean, we, we could go back to, you know, the Castros of the world and, and, and throughout history, and we see that their promises were utopia. Their promises are, are, are peace. It's, it's, the, it's the hallmark of any socialist, communist uh, tyranny. Is, is they promise the people, you know, everything and, and then some, but deliver on none of it, all right? And, and the people are deceived. The Bible uses the word deluded. They actually believe and have confidence and put trust uh, in these folks. Let me, if, if I could just, again, I'm trying to help you understand these things in light of what we're going through and what we're experiencing right now. And what we're going through and what we're experiencing right now, look at how many people are looking to the government for their salvation. Look at how many people are looking to the government for their provision. Look at how many people are looking to the government for their health and healing. Look at how many people are looking to the government for answers and for peace and for hope. Right? Okay? So, because again, it's like, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to do this. All this other stuff. And so now... We people are just. I'm not saying. Amen. They're put their trust. That's the key word there. 
They put their trust in those things. What did we look at last week? We'll come back to that verse maybe next week. Cursed is the man who trusts in men. Cursed is the man who trusts in men. But blessed is the man who puts his trust in God. So can you imagine then for a moment if what we're seeing now comes more frequently and with greater intensity? Right? And, and, and listen, I'm, if, you're a, if you're a global warmer, I, I'm not saying that the, that the earth is not trending in a warmer direction, but I showed you headlines from 30, 40 years ago where it was trending in a cooler direction. These, these things are cyclical, okay? And, and I, so I'm not saying the earth isn't warming. That, that would be to deny the science, as, as, as people say. But what I'm telling you is that, is that what men and women, what human beings are doing on this earth is not causing it. It's not man-made global warming. Are, and you can disagree with me on that or not. That's fine. I, maybe I shouldn't even have said that, okay? Listen, my friend, Father God created this planet. He knew how many people were going to live on it one day. He knew before we ever understood fossil fuels that one day those things would be drug out of this earth and, and power our vehicles and power the lights in this room and all these other things. Father God knew. Do you think at some point he went, oh, my goodness, I didn't think about all those people one day being on the earth. They're fixing to destroy it. See, we, no, my friend, please, come on now. Come on now. Everybody says, well, there's holes in the ozone. Yeah, but see, what they're not telling you is that some of the holes in the ozone that they discovered have already repaired themselves. They're, they're not there anymore. Okay? And it's not because you're using less hairspray. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just, I'm just amen. I'm just, praise God. Listen, I've told you already, the, the, earth, will, the earth is not going to be destroyed by water again. It's, this earth's going to burn one day. So I'm... But again, that won't be because of something we did. All right? But let me get back to it now. Let me get back to it. Because, so we're seeing all kinds of, of, of chaos, uh, civil and social unrest, tragedy, famine, financial loss, um, sickness, death. You know, unlike any time I've been alive in, in the 53 years that I'm aware of, okay? And so people are, are obviously, like I said, looking to the government. Can you imagine, just for a moment, can you imagine if what we've experienced since March of this year was 20 times worse than, than what we've experienced? How much people would be looking to someone outside of themselves to fix it? Okay? realizing they don't have the answers, they can't do anything about it themselves. So the, the tendency, because it's the way we were wired, not to look to, to government, to look to God, people begin to look outside of themselves for somebody to fix it. Okay, So we're, we're seeing, at least for the first time in my life, more than just a theoretical explanation of how the Antichrist and one world government and all these things will come to be. Because remember, COVID didn't just affect the United States of America, it affected the whole world. Right? And so we need somebody who can't just fix it in one nation. We need somebody who can do something about these things in the whole world. We, we, we need a combined, we, we, we need one person overseeing all of it. Do, do you see how it's, I, I don't think it's that far of a stretch now if, if you're you know, paying attention to what time it is to see how these things are developing and how these things are unfolding. Okay? So he says, the Word of God says that there is a force that is preventing the devil 
from doing all that the devil wants to do on this planet. And that force will be in place until that force is taken away. And then when the force that's holding him back will be taken away, this is when the uh, Antichrist, if you will, the devil inspired, you know, in this, in this uh, man the Bible speaks of as the Antichrist, will be revealed. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm spending way more time here than I planned to, but I think it's necessary because I want you to get really oriented to these verses. So he says in verse 7, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now, this goes back to, remember when John said that the Antichrist is not yet in the world, but the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well. So this man, this Antichrist, this this, person, individual that will be basically as Jesus was God in the flesh will be the devil in the flesh that will be worshipped as God on this planet okay um, he is referred to as this uh, uh, lawless one lawlessness lawlessness now are we seeing lawlessness in our world today yes absolutely we are yes absolutely we are okay let me keep going Verse 7, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, who is he that restrains? The New King James Version has the H capitalized, which would refer to Jesus. Okay? Well, That is either correct or incorrect based upon how you understand it. And if you look at some of the other translations and some of the other notes, um, when this was originally written in the Greek, they don't use the capitals. So to capitalize the H here to denote Jesus was a translator's choice. And any valid translation will send you a a warning that this may not be right. It may not be referring to Jesus, but it may be referring to someone other than Jesus. So you say, well, which one do you believe it is, Pastor Mark? I believe it's both, okay? Because that which is now restraining the enemy is Jesus in the sense that it is his body, also known as the church, alive and well on planet earth. Remember when the uh, Holy Spirit, when Father God, Jesus, got the Apostle Paul's attention on the road to Damascus. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my followers? Why are you persecuting my church? Why are you persecuting uh, people who believe in me? Why are you persecuting the Christians? He said to him directly, why are you persecuting me? Where was Jesus when the church was being persecuted by Saul? The head of the body of Christ was seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Where was the body of Christ? The body of Christ, again, alive and well, also known as the church, alive and well right here on planet earth. But when Saul was 
persecuting the church, Jesus didn't say, why are you persecuting my body or why are you persecuting the church? He said, why are you persecuting me? So the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains... This is speaking of you and me, my friend. This is speaking of the body of Christ. It is the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His body alive and well in Holy Ghost power and in, and in Holy Ghost faith, right, who are now providing this restraining force against the enemy. And notice it says that we will continue to restrain the enemy and his plans until we or he, the Holy Spirit, um, the body of Christ is taken out of the way. And then the lawless will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You get anything out of this so far? Oh my goodness. Let's keep going. Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The last thing before we move on this morning I want to comment on is the strong delusion. Okay? The strong delusion. Okay? So, we're already seeing, just like we're seeing, um, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. There was a hallmark of the Antichrist. The hallmark of, 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 of what he does will be lawlessness, but it will also be because remember, the devil is a liar. He's the lawless one. All lawlessness, you know, comes from him. But we also see that the hallmark of, of what will enable him to rule and reign uh, for the time that he will rule over this earth is, is this thing called delusion, which is related to deception. But delusion is where you can only see the lie as truth and can no longer even see or will no longer even listen to any other thought or idea or opinion. In other words, when someone is, is so, so deluded, right, there's no reasoning with them. Someone who, who is deluded, they, they, they have so bought in to a, a person, a philosophy, an approach, a way of doing something that their mind has literally been closed and locked and will not consider even for a split second that what they bought into and what they're believing is, is actually the, the most ridiculous lie that you could, you could ever buy into or believe. Let me give you an example. Surveys show that 30%, 30% of the American people believe that if you get COVID, you're a dead man. 30% of the people believe that a COVID diagnosis is a death sentence. The reality of it is this, thankfully, 99.997% of all people who contract COVID survive and go on to live fine and healthy life. It's a fraction, an infinitesimal fraction 
of a percent of people who lose their life to COVID. Now, that's of no comfort whatsoever if you, like me, have had people in your life that you know and love that have died from COVID. I'm not trying, again, this is not, you know, uh, far right-wing rhetoric to tell you that it's, it's not real and all these other things. But the, but the truth, the reality of it is that it's, it's, it's more contagious than flu, but far less deadly. But 30%, are you hearing me now? 30% of the people in this country believe that if you get it, you're dead. Let me me give you another example of delusion. Are you ready? Three words. Defund is only one word. (laughs) Defund the police. See, if, if you're in your right mind, you know that Police need to be held accountable. You know that police need to do their job right. You know that they don't need to abuse their authority and power. And if you've been alive, you know, as an adult in the United States for more than than five minutes, you know that there are bad policemen out there who do bad things. Again, a very, very small percentage of them, okay? Most, again, it's a noble profession. Come on now, can I get a little love for our police officers? It's a no, yes, come on. It's a noble profession. Nobody gets rich being a police officer, at least an honest one. Are you hearing me? Nobody gets rich, rich being an honest police officer. They put their lives in harm's way. Every time they, they walk out of their house to go to work, um, they are in a much higher uh, you, you know, uh, danger zone uh, of not returning home that day than the, than the average citizen, yet they do it anyway. It's a calling. I believe it's a calling. Amen. I had a nephew one time that... That came to me and he said, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm about being a police officer. I said, man, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, do you know you're called to do that? And he says, no, I just, I, well, I, uh, you know. I mean, it turns out he thought it would be a pretty cool thing to be a police officer. And, and he is, you know, he does have some strong, like, defending people and these kinds of things in him. But I told him straight up, I said, listen, if you're not called to do it, you, you got no business doing that. It's a calling. Amen. And, and God puts his hands on men and women uh, to, to do that, all right? So anybody in their right minds, by the way, if I could say one other thing, there's an estimated 800,000 police officers in the United States of America, okay? When the news says police shot an unarmed man, okay, 800,000 police officers didn't shoot an unarmed man. One man or one woman, one female officer shot that man. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, but notice now, I'm just going to go back to this. It absolutely makes zero sense to do away with the police unless you're interested in lawlessness. Come on, some of you in here are older than me, and I'm not trying to embarrass you. Anybody in here that's older than me ever heard this idea before in the United States of America, get rid of the police? That's a new one to me. I'm out. Boy, the, see, he's getting bold. He's getting, he's, getting pra- he's getting brash. I'm talking about the devil, right? Spirit of lawlessness is already here, right? He knows that he can't, he can't have lawlessness as long as there's police officers enforcing the law and trying to keep things in check. So let's just get rid of the police. And, and I'm going to show you now the strong delusion is already at play too. There are people who believe that is the absolute best idea and their minds are 100%. You couldn't blast them with stardust to get them to consider that that's wrong thinking. 
That's what we mean. Strong delusion. We're already seeing it. This, I'm speaking to myself perhaps more than any other person in this room right now. But if there are few things that have potential to trouble my heart more than people who have gotten these crazy notions. And you're like, you know, I'm one of these people that I believe if anybody will have a, just a reasonable conversation, you know, but, but you, you know, and I'm just like, what are you thinking? You know, and I'm like, oh, settle down here, Mark, you know. Um, settle down here. Because again, we have it in the scriptures. This is going to happen. It shouldn't surprise us when there are deluded people in, in high-ranking offices in our, in our nation, right, that, that believe um, things that have been tried in other nations for a thousand years and, and brought those nations to ruin or somehow work here. I mean, it would be different if communism produced the utopias. It would be different if, if, if socialism actually, uh, you know, created these societies and these communities and, and everything wonderful and beautiful and marvelous and all this other stuff. My friend, it's, it's, it's just not the case. I recently carried a friend down to, um, to the Department of Public Safety to get his driver's license. There was seven different lines. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew which line. I didn't even know which line to get in. I'm like, excuse me, are you in line? Yeah, I'm in line. I'm like, another line over here. Are you in line? Yeah, I'm in line too. I'm like, were you here before them? You could tell. He was looking straight ahead because he was angry, right? And um, I don't know. We stood there about an hour and a half. One guy came out and said, you might want to go home now. I was here three hours before I got called into the stuff. Right? So why am I going all this? You know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and they want to be in charge of our medicine and health care too. Are you hearing me? Listen to me now. Capitalism has its problems. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Capitalism has its problems. But as far as a representative republic with a capitalistic economy, it is the best form of government a human being has ever come up with to govern themselves by. Amen. Right? Let me, and I, if you work for the Department of Public Safety, my sister did for years, I'm not bashing you, just hear me. You're overwhelmed. Our, our human resources people are overwhelmed. I love you. It's a noble profession. I'm not saying anything like that. But I own business, right? Let me tell you when productivity went through the ceiling in my business was when I quit paying people by the hour and I started paying them by the job. Right? Now they're like, you mean if I do three jobs this week, I can make that much money? Yes, you can. (laughs) Load my truck, Pastor Martin. Right? Okay? So what if all them folks that would every now and then shuffle their feet to the door and call a number, right? What if they were getting $50 for every person they satisfied in that line out there? I bet they'd have been a lot more motivated. Are you hearing me? Come on now. What am I just telling you? That's capitalism. That's capitalism, right? Come on now. I'm trying to show you something here. I'm trying to show you something here. Right? I'm out of time is what I am. Singers and musicians, come on please. Praise God. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion. They'll believe the lie that they all may be condemned who do not believe the truth but have pleasure in 
unrighteousness. You say, Pastor Mark, that sounds, that sounds kind of harsh. That sounds kind of cruel. There's other places in the Bible I could take you. There's coming, there's coming a day when Father God is going to say, if you don't want me, then go and have what it is and who it is that you want. There's going to come a day when he's going to like, you know, I've come to you time and time again. You've rejected me time and time again. So enough's enough. Enough's enough. Go do what you want to do. Go be where you want to be. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Amen. Let me, this, I didn't even get to my introduction, but that's okay. We, we'll get to this some more next week. Let me pray for you, and then we'll um, do our communion. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for what you've showed us in your word. Thank you, Father, for helping us lay hold of and embrace your truth and to recognize the season that we're in here upon the earth. Father, that we would not be consumed with fear and confusion, but that we would live our lives by faith and with confidence in your truth, knowing, Father, that what you said is true and it's an anchor for our souls. So, Father, we're seeing things that have the potential to aggravate, frustrate, trouble us. We're seeing things, Father, that have the potential to scare us and frighten us. But we will not be afraid and we will not be confused because we don't have to be. And so thank you, Father, for speaking to us this morning. Lord, I pray for those who are lost and don't know you. Lord, that your long-suffering towards them will continue and prevail in their lives. I pray, Father, that you would show us as individuals and as the body of Christ what it is that we can do, Lord, to help and reach and minister to these men and women. But, Father, we understand that we have a part in all of this, and we are a restraining force against the enemy and he is trying to weaken us and reduce our ability to hold him back and I thank you that we're not ignorant of that and we will not fall prey to that and we will continue to stand and resist him steadfastly in the faith not in fear and confusion in the faith and in truth in Jesus name amen and amen praise God let's uh, let's stand together